All right, guys, we have a big episode of the Nordies podcast here. We talk about the massive time jump, how strong is Burndown, and the succession battle lines look to be firmly drawn. Well, let's go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? I'm happy to have you back, Eric. Yeah. I am back. I was uh, I was on the injured list all week after a bad migraine, uh, but I am back and I'm ready to talk Thrones. I can't wait. I mean, you, you, limped, you limped your way through like a, a Paul Pierce, like no. fourth quarter performance yes. for our sports cast. And you're amazing for that. But yes, I don't like hosting. My throat hurt for two days after that. I, I did. So I took the medicine and I felt better by about one in the morning, but it took me a few hours. But yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got your call to wake up and record the next pod, but I was, uh, you know, I was pretty tired <laughs> was at that point. <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to be talking about House of the Dragon, episode six, the princess and the queen. And the biggest part about this episode was something that I don't know how often we've seen this in television. Uh, a massive 10-year time jump. Right, yeah. I, I guess did this happen with The Queen? I was already done watching The Queen, but I think the they crown. did this too. Oh, yeah. The, the Crown, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And they're oh, still yeah. making that. There's yeah. another fucking season of that coming. You know the name. Uh, no, but the, I think it was... I think it, if it took you by surprise, it was probably incredibly jarring. I think we knew about it that at the halfway mark after five, there's going to be 10 episodes. We're going to get five in the old period, five in this in the period, which is now going to carry us through the rest of the series. They're not going to jump again. These are our actors and actresses. I I don't mind this, but it just it, it kind of sucks because um, Rhaenyra and Allison, the actresses that were playing them, were just so magnificent, mm-hmm. I thought. I thought they were just wonderful. And you that, should have joined us on the podcast last week. It's not that I don't think that these new people do, are going to be great. I think that they already were awesome in, in the first episode, but it was just a shame to watch such great performances end so quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm already looking forward to seeing what they do next. Right. I think that I would be all over trying to bring them into a TV show if I was uh, any of these big studios right now. Well, we, we kind of touched on that was like, you know, you hung around long enough or you got out while the iron was hot and yeah. you could maybe strike gold with something else. And I think you're right though. They were just getting, or at least the way that the show was progressing, it felt like they were just getting cooking, mm-hmm. right? That like the shit was starting to heat up. But I also think when they introduced these new actresses, especially Rhaenyra and Allison, uh, they did a perfectly great job picking up right mm-hmm. where Millie and the other gal left off. So. so we picked up with another gruesome birthing scene and they were like, this show is going to have less violence. It's going to have less sexual assault. It's going to have less nudity, but it's going to have way more graphic, like hardcore births. You sweat while people are having children. Um, this happened not just once, but twice in this episode. Two yeah, times. So we're on to, uh, to, I think, three at least, three minimum birth scenes. And, and, you know, like on screen, you know, how people like ASMR, uh, some people. Yeah. Yeah. The ASMR stuff with the births was way too. Yeah. Much. Squelching. A lot of moaning yeah, and just crying. The, oh, the noises that were happening on the TV. It was too realistic. For, um, but a new prince was born. And luckily you don't have to go through any of it. 
yeah, yeah. you can just <laughs> exactly <laughs> just sit this one out. Um, life. So you know, a new prince is born. Uh, we know that what's his name, Lenor, is her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, you know, the husband. We, yeah, the husband. He's <laughs> mixed black father, white mother. You would assume the kids would look similar to him. Uh, and no, no, they do not. They are um, very white with brown hair. Yeah, I, was <laughs> say, I think the, the hair is the the hair is the main uh, factor. I think that they're that they're talking about, like when they reference you get that Harlem hair, like Allison's uh, snide comment. Yeah. So instantly, Allison wants to see the kid and the princess decides I'm going moments after um, this gruesome birth. I'm going to carry the kid up to the stairs myself. Right. To, to spite the queen for asking such a stupid fucking thing. Yeah. Um, goes with her husband. It's obviously not his kid. And the family drama is uh, in, you know, full force here as you are going to meet the kids of both the princess and the Yep. And oddly enough, Lenor doesn't seem to give a shit. Yeah. No, he's living his best life. He couldn't, he he couldn't care, care less. Um, he named the kid Joffrey, which was, you know, his former lover's name. Uh, named him after that dude that got his face smushed in by Crispy. So he's just living his best life, yeah. Um, yeah, so this all, all that happens. The king, Viserys, is still kicking. <laughs> Ten years later... We thought oh, this looks, guy was a god. He looks great. He only he only look he looks like the crypt keeper at I this know, point. I know, but like why did they have him like so many clues that he was so sick and then 10 years later he's exactly the same. minus the stringy yeah. hair, you know. We, we covered this though earlier on. We said, "Hey, they're going to give you all of these Game of Thrones hints and clues and you're going to make your own guesses, but you're going to be wrong and they're going to keep pulling the rug out from underneath you." And so they made you think from the first moments when he cut himself on the throne mm-hmm. to the he can't heal to he's losing fingers to he's falling over and passing out and blood's coming out his nose. They gave you every reason to think he wasn't going to make it. And here he is still kicking. And I think that they are so thoroughly enjoying um, making you guess and say, well, I know Game of Thrones. I know what's going to happen here. He's going to die. And then this whole thing is going to blow mm-hmm. up. But well. We're keeping to be fair, going. Ten years later, no, no, none of that has happened. To be fair, I think we all... I think, if I remember correctly, Jimbo and I, you and I thought he's definitely back for episode... Six. What are we, five? Yeah. Six? So I think I think we thought that because they tried to... I mean, they pretend killed him like right. four times in episode five. Like, so I think we, I think we all kind of collectively thought like, well, if they would have killed... If they wanted to kill him, they would have done it. Um, they're not going to kill him off right. screen. And he was going to be back. And I honestly thought that he was going to die in this episode. I thought it, this was going to be the like the reason that they picked the, this time period to come back, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's going to be like the finality of it. You know, they're going to wrap it up. That, that is on. a little weird. It feels a little random. You know, as they fast forwarded through so many huge milestones. I mean, um, Damon getting married to uh, I can't remember her name, like Lena or Lena. Yeah, Lena Valerian. Um, Lena. All the births of all these children, and yeah, the the birth scene that we open things. up on the the birth scene we open up on is her third right. kid. Yeah. So, like, why yeah. ten years, right? And I guess that maybe we'll still find that out, but it feels a little random. You know, it feels like they set these things up with with Crispy Cole uh, that you know he just committed a murder. Is he going to be? What's going to happen with him? Well, I don't know. Nothing. He's just kind of hanging with the queen now. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's it's a little weird. Like the hand of the king is still the hand of the king. 
So it wasn't like a big change there. Uh, well, until later in the episode, but yeah. So yeah, maybe Mr. we'll Strong. sort of still find out that like what in the story made them start up right here. Yeah, I'm hoping that the next episode isn't going to be a like if it's a month or something, that's fine. But like, I don't want another year's time jump where all of a sudden the kids are like teenagers, mm-hmm. you know. And we got to like the thing. I don't mind the time jumps, and this was one of the things I was going to ask you guys about. Was like, is are the time jumps too jarring? Um, not in the ways that like jetpacking was with the original mm-hmm. show, but anyway, um, I think it's as long as they keep it like a little more linear here at this point, instead of leapfrogging through, yeah. um, you know, mo- like you know, milestones in the story, if you will, from from Fire and Blood, um, that'll be great because I don't like having to watch fifteen to twenty minutes of the episode and then like you're trying to like reverse the pieces together Mm -hmm. you know like oh okay she said that so that means these two other things are true from the past so that that can work if you do it sparingly but i don't want them to continue to do that through the remainder of the season oh i don't think there's any any time jumps that will happen maybe dude they've already had like four or five i mean almost every episode it was a year or six months they would make some comment like ryan said of well he's been exiled for eight months write that down viewers like yeah yeah exactly like, I mean, yeah, it feels like we're watching was, a history think, book here like well like and and like that they do it like breaking the fourth wall he's been gone for look to camera eight yeah. months <laughs> right. and then like continue on with the scene yeah. you know i think that you guys are making this way more complicated than it needs to be the first five episodes you just the- said you just said they they love trying to tee you up for hope and Fuck then pulling the rug out from underneath you no no the first five episodes were the prologue Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. They were giving you the history of what the backstory was. And like when we get to season five, those episodes are going to seem like just a blip in history that gave you some context for this whole story that happened. Fair enough. I think that's a, that's a really great point. And thank, thank you. Yeah, I agree. I hope that's true too. I think it's just going to be like you're, they wanted to show you, you know, what was kind of the backstory for like this and, you know, fight for the throne no you're right you're right it's and, it's like, historical context that that is needed for the audience to understand how everyone in the larger picture got to the point that they did where the tension started to boil over yeah and i think that like when when it's the whole show right now right when it's been five of the six episodes we're That's like this show is all over the place but i think if like the show goes five or six seasons it's gonna feel like oh yeah that was just the beginning it so we like, were going 90 for five episodes and now yeah. we're gonna take it back to like 25 and slow, slow way that, down that the the time jumps that will occur now will be like any show <laughs> like we came back and we left and it was the fall and now it's the spring, you yeah. know, like it's kind of those sure. things where they do those little ones. But I, I, I think this is your cast. I think they'll introduce people coming from, you know, Dorn right. and from all over the realm. Yeah. makes sense of why we weren't seeing any other kingdoms or any other uh, like locations. It's because why introduce them? They're not going to, you know, those characters aren't going to stick around. It's going to jump. Now they can't. Unless you, so Unless you want to kill them. Unless you want to kill them off. Right. Introduce yeah. them just to die and serve the characters that are still around. Yeah. And so in this, um, obviously, they're setting the scene for this incredible family drama. Um, you go to the dragon pit right away, which I thought was really cool. All of that was so wild. Sad. Best dragon yeah. action yeah. we've had. And, dude, the dragon pit. The dragon pit is Great so setting. Cool. Great and setting. by the way, is yeah. it just me or is it like the the small dragons creepier than the big dra- grown dragons? They're like freaking Kinda. velociraptors, dude. I was not into that. Well, 
Would you rather talk to an adult or a teenager? There you go. Yeah, they're a little wild. So they go to the dragon pit, and we have all of the little kids are there. Um, you know, the air. <laughs> I thought you were going to try to list them. The <laughs> They're like no, Laharis, no. Jaharis, Raharis, Maharis, Aegon, Flagon, and Ragon, dude. It's ridiculous. And Amond, Amon, Dagon, Flagon, and Gragon. We got them. and Louis, dude. So they're, they're, they're <laughs> dude, dude, it's so, so true. <laughs> they, they make fun of, like, the creepy, like, middle kid of the king and Alicent. Right. That's Amon. him his dragon, and it's a pig. And they're all cracked up about this. They thought it was the so funny. And that was that was Rhaenyra's kid and Allison's kid that were yes. like teaming up to make fun of the other one. So they're friends. Like they're goofing around. They're making practical jokes. Um, so this happens. The kid is upset. And then he, like in true serial killer fashion, decides to wander down to where the dragons are by himself and almost gets melted. Something's not right with this kid. I don't know if he makes... I don't think he makes it very long. Mm, okay. Is this... Is this this isn't Amon from the Night's Watch, is it, Jim? This isn't Duncan. No, Egg, that's is still it? a couple hundred oh. years, I think. That's probably, probably like... that's probably Amon the Third, and this is Amon the Second or some shit. Yeah. I, I okay, sure. All right, one. fair enough. Anyway, yeah, this kid's this kid's a psycho, and I mean, he's got middle child written all over him. All of the people don't all the all <laughs> Jimmy the Channels. Other, <laughs> I'm a little all of the other kids don't like him at all. And yeah, he's just pretty disgusting. Well, he um, makes himself an easy target, you know? Then we get an absolute introduction um, to Aegon. Yeah. <laughs> Aegon is, we, we our, our second look at Aegon is him uh, butt naked jerking off out a window. All over the city. Spreading his, his clearly so seed all over the is, city. This is the Homelander, I could do whatever the fuck I want move. And it's pretty and you intense. You know what it reminded us of, right? Weird. Of Tommen standing in the window, ready to jump. Yeah, but for sure. This kid is never going to be that serious of a. This is the this is the reverse yeah. of that. So he is jerking off out the window, and then in comes his mom, Allison, who's like, "What the hell?" He jumps on a bed, covers himself up, and then she just sits down next to him and has yeah. a serious talk. <laughs> right? Yeah, and wasn't mad about he jerking was... off out of the window, dude. And did the, the did the stuff. mom move of like grabbing your cheeks? Like, where they're, like, grabbing your cheeks and, like, talking to you, like, you can't do that shit, you know, like, that type of thing. Maybe that never happened to you, Eric. You a little more passive household than I had. But. <laughs> this was a Catholic upbringing, dude. You know, they don't fuck around. So, we get this whole introduction, and he's just, he's, like, wants to be a, a playboy. Like, he just wants to have fun and party and be rich and jerk off out windows. And she is, like, you are the future king and he's like, I don't want to be the heir. And she's just like, you are. Like, you're going to be the king. Well, the realm needs you to be the king. Like you, And she's like passionately pretty much like putting this into his mind. Like, you have to be this. You can't be friends with your cousin. Yeah, and I think I think that's the bigger point is is that she's again uh, pounding the table with uh, if Rhaenyra takes power, she's going to kill right. you. Right. Yeah. So I think like that's also like her pitting him against his cousins mm -hmm. right and um you know the drama will ensue from there but yeah i think i think it's a strategic play of create more dissonance amongst the family if mm -hmm. you will i do really like it though because like the story between rhaenyra and allison like we're supposed to at this point feel like allison is this evil power hungry person and rhaenyra is like good and everyone's been against her but in reality these two have been pitted against each other 
with like the life's the life of their kids and maybe even their own lives at stake and their childhood friends and lineage and, mm -hmm. and their like familial lineage as well yeah. and yeah. it's just like they're they're like they're kind of pitted against each other in a way where they're gonna have to destroy each other and they don't really have a choice but to fight this battle and so it's just like it's almost a tragedy with with where their friendship ends up you know based on the, the decision of the king who loves both mm -hmm. of them yeah uh yeah so that was not great um, and then we get another scene with the kids. The kids were a big part of this as they really tried to introduce them um, in like a practice fighting si situation with um, like training. Yeah. With what's his name? Strong. Kristen. Well, no, Crispy no. Cole Har and then Har Harwin Strong was there too. Harwin Strong and Sir Chris Kristen Cole. Uh, can, I, can I interrupt real quick? Why yeah. do you call him Chris? Because it's my nickname for him. Chris. Oh, okay. I like to call him Chris. Crispin. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just wasn't sure if there was like a, if you were alluding to him eventually being like fried by a Ooh. dragon or something. Oh, if that's what oh, I, I do. Yes. He's gonna get like literally baked in his armor at some point, crispy style. But just for yeah. now, that's just my nickname for him, and I, I'm gonna go with that. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was a deeper meaning. That's just that's just Jimmy Channels doing his thing. <laughs> I got it. Exactly. So. They're training Kristen Cole, who would literally not have this spot at all. It would have nothing, would be living. Well, he'd in, be dead. Or he'd be living in, like, wherever, you know, off in the middle of nowhere, you know, uh, unless Rhaenyra would have brought him into this life he has, has now completely turned on her, even though her only crime was falling for him. Right. Uh, he was the well, one. Like, falling, kind of sleeping with him. I don't know if that's falling for him. Yeah, and then she was like, keep it quiet. And he was like, run away with me. And she was yeah. like, I can't really run away with you. I'm like, it's like what the fuck the are you talking about? I'm like 12. <laughs> and then she was like, he was like, fuck you. Starts throwing C words around about her. Turns yeah. on her completely. Yeah. And then bullies her children right. in front of the king. So you get this really tense moment where, um, what's his name? Har Harwin. Harwin Strong and... Kristen Cole are training these kids and then they get pitted against each other with strong backing Rhaenyra's kids and Cole backing um, Allison's kids. They fight in kind of a, a fun duel. Actually, I thought that probably foreshadowed something that will happen in like season six. Um, oh, for it's for sure going to be a callback at some yeah. point. Um, we get a great like, Oh, here are you ready? I've seen it. I've seen the script writer's room. The younger one, who kind of got beat initially will be like not using wooden swords anymore, are we? Ooh, like you know, like that kind of thing. I love that. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is that in the in season five or six, whenever this happens, you'll, the callback will be that um, that what's his name um, Aegon? Aegon will kick him to the ground again, and then his aggression with him being on the ground um, will be his downfall as he'll end sure. up like going right into a sword. There you go. Yeah. Hey, there we go. Um, so anyways, that happens. And then you get a big fight where Harwin Strong absolutely pulverizes uh, Sir Kristen, which I love. Yeah. And it was not a great move for Harwin because now he's kind of given his hand. Like just him always being around those kids and making sure that their training is going well. I mean, he's kind of just a well, because be Because uh, Kristen was... was baiting yeah. him with the with the you know the information that he was there yes kids, you know whoa why you got to whoa whoa what do you got such a big interest for here you, bud? Don't, you almost treat them like and then, sons you know obviously yeah got got his ass kicked and then was like that's what i thought 
you know, yeah, or whatever. And so his reaction, that the only reason he did his that reaction apparently was a big tell for him to go off like that. So, and beat up, uh, you know, spare crispy. There you go. So Rhaenyra finds out that there's been a fight. She tries to go use her secret secret passageway to find out what happens, but she stumbles upon a meeting between the hand of the king, whatever strong, and Harwin Strong, his son. Where he's like, you've put our family in danger. You have, like, you've ruined everything pretty much. Yeah, but it's like, dude, uh, you're like seven years too late. Like, what? What? what you've been asleep at the mm-hmm. wheel, Dad. Right. Like, come on. Like, you knew like, how did, going But on. anyway, yeah. And then also another telling thing I think in the that that courtyard like fight training scene is King Viserys is watching the whole thing, like sucking back. Uh, tall cool budweiser from the leather pouch and is like oh look how great this is all of our kids are playing yeah. together outside and you're like dude you're fucking higher than a kite dude. what's wrong good. with you yeah grandpa's cough syrup for sure so the the hand of the king um decides he needs to step down he says i have information obviously that's i can't faithfully serve you the king refuses to allow him to step down his hand of the king. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to take my son to yeah. our castle and he's going to live yep. there from yeah. now on. And by the way, Alicent is in the room and desperately wants the king, the hand of the king just to say it. Say it so that, you know, Viserys can no longer oh, deny. Sure. And of course, he doesn't give him that satisfaction. He won't say it. Yeah. So then he doesn't, you know, doesn't step down. Um, and then they have to take a different route, which we will get into. So we jump over to Pentos, where Damon and his wife, Lena, um, who, you know, now both brother and sister are married to brother and sister, mm-hmm. really uniting the two families of old Valeria. And they have two kids and one on the way. And they get an offer to stay and protect Pentos as kind of like the the unofficial leaders of Pentos, the, you know, wealthy protection service. Um, because we found out that the Triarchy is back, and they have teamed up with Dorn and the Martells. Is yes. that right? Yeah, the Martells. It was like the, you know, yeah. the kings and the queens video there. Um, yeah. And they do consider themselves kings and queens because they, during Aegon's conquest back in the day that they keep referring to, Dorn never like held out long enough that Aegon was like, all right, you guys can just have your own little kingdom. You're down in the south anyways. You know, you, you're you surrounded by mountains, whatever you're just going to exist so they still feel somewhat autonomous yeah and so they've teamed up with the triarchy which we did see with the crab feeder earlier um was some kind of like group of uh, you know pretty much like seafaring pirate people who were trying to rule the narrow sea and now they've teamed up with this independent kingdom of dorn and nobody in king's landing ever seems worried about anything right. no they're just like whatever We'll deal with it a different time. We don't have money. Yeah. To deal with That's it. a problem oh. for the future Targaryens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So worried about our kids, but not the problems that they inherit. Kind of like boomers, actually. Um, That's, yeah. It's kind of perfect. There you go. So Damon is trying to decide where he wants to go. He's unhappy everywhere that he goes, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And he decides, you know what? Maybe we should stay here. His wife says, no, I want to go home. Like, let's go to where I'm from. Let's live there and raise our kids there. And she's very pregnant, and then there's just another gruesome birth scene. Yep, another gross one. Not, I mean, it's not quite as bad as the first one. Not quite as bad as the second one, from like a linear standpoint. But 
it ends significantly worse. Yeah, I mean, she's like in just absolute torment and torture here. They cannot get the baby to breach, and the child could die. And the only way to get the child out even would be to do what they did in the first birth. And then just suddenly she strolls outside to her dragon. That conversation, right? Yeah, she. I think that was the thing. They weren't weren't being. So yeah, she goes out. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't going well. She finds her way to her dragon and is like, and she has by me. far the biggest, coolest dragon, I think. Yeah, the big. She claims the biggest dragon in the in yeah the in the world or whatever in existence. It's like se- it's like the second biggest one compared to Balerion, the Black Dread, or whatever yeah. that dragon was. Yeah. So she, eventually, the dragon melts her right in front of uh, Damon, and I couldn't really. I, the best thing about Damon is you can never tell if he's upset or yeah. happy yeah. or. Oh, he looked he looked he looked devastated. Yeah. He was like kind of sad, but then he was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like he's just, just I don't know. All you really I think his I think like. his look was like, how am I going to explain this one? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't concerned about her. It was like how it looked to the outs, you know, to everybody else. Like, well, the one wife died. Now this one, you know, oh, her own dragon killed her? Really, Damon? Is that what happened? Yeah. You know, like nobody's going to believe him kind of kind of face. So I think that not the most um, interesting scene, but I think the best scene of this episode came with Rhaenyra and um, Lenor as the, he stumbles back, you know, after another drunk outing with his He's hand and he just doesn't give a fuck. They talk about the triarchy. He talks about how he's going to have to go off for a few months and go fight and be a dragon rider. And, and he's excited. Like yeah. he's, he's pumped. He's like, I need this adventure. I've been just chilling and she's like, I'm sorry, but you can't. And, like, they have this huge struggle where she's just like, we're married. Like, you can't just leave me. I need you here with me. And he says something about, like, the smart sailor um, leaves when the storm is gathering yeah. or something. And so they kind of are in this bad spot. And, uh, you know, eventually that would come back um, into play later in the episode. But I thought that was the best scene of the whole episode. Like I thought just the two of them talking and I thought like really showing the acting chops of the new Rhaenyra was like on full display in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. She did great. And then also and the, the new like, Lenore, different guy oh, too. I've, but... done ev- I've done everything you wanted yeah. for 10 years, you yeah. know, just like very telling where he stopped being like drunk playboy kind of, you know, like trying to hook up Lenore and like got real. And it, was very refreshing to finally hear something that would be considered like an honest plea, you know, in, in the game of Thrones world where everything is so contrived and fake and uh, planned and, and it's maneuvering and chess pieces. And he's just like, I just want to go fucking slay some dudes. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to go play, play night, Mm -hmm. you know, out in the real world and you can't blame him. Um, you know, because he clearly doesn't care about the kids that aren't his. Um, so, like, the lineage isn't that important to him. He just wants to go do do battle and do yeah. fun shit. Um, we get uh, another scene with now Laris, Sir Laris um, Strong, who has been kind of, like, sneakily advising Alicent for the, over the years. Um, he is like, all right, we need to do something about this. Like, we need to set you up and your kids up. Um, we have to, you know do what's necessary. And eventually he kind of decides I'm going to go find these people to do what is necessary. And that's actually killing his dad and brother. Yeah. yeah. So they went back to Hall, right? Like, like, you know, we, we knew that. 
he goes down in the the dungeons and finds these people that are going to be put to death, cuts their tongues out, and then makes them like a creepy fucking order of cultists. Love this. To me, this was like the most fun Game of Thrones thing. Like this is almost like season five type of weird shit. And I was this into was that. like the, the the High Sparrow or yeah, whatever. I was like, yes, this is some yeah. weird shit Eric, that, I, that I missed. Where were you at for the the scalding knife on the tongues? Uh, eyes, my eyes were okay. closed. Not for you. Huh? I said I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> did it look cool? Yeah, it was. It was pretty yeah. good. It was caught, like it did. cauterized, you know, so it wasn't a lot of blood. It looked very realistic. Very realistic. And I was you like, I loved it. That. That's good. Um, but yeah, I guess not the High Sparrow. I guess I was thinking of, um, who was the guy with the little bird? Varus. Varus. Yeah, this is the new Varus, but yeah. more evil for sure. Well, it's, yeah, but it's like Varus plus Littlefinger. Yeah. You know so what I mean? He has like Varus's, Varus's goals were to like help the realm. Littlefinger's was to help himself. And I feel like this is like a combination sure. of both. He's like, oh yeah, I did what I had to do. Like no one will think twice about it. That place is supposedly cursed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it judges people on who's there. And she's like, you killed them? And he's like, well, he's yeah, like, yeah. He did. And I, I know that I'll be rewarded, Queen, when the time comes. Yeah. As in make me the hand or whatever. Yeah. Or make mm-hmm. me the hand. When oh, it, that was more of a threat as opposed to like, you know, just a yeah. comment. Yeah. So she's obviously playing with fire by just working with this creepy guy. I think he'll eventually come back to burn her, but for now he put her in a much more powerful place. And we know this definitely because the end of the episode, Rhaenyra goes to her husband, Lanor, and says, you know what, we're out of Mm -hmm. here. Let's go. We're moving to Dragonstone. Um, Bring your lover with. Bring the kids. We're going. Bring your green hat. (laughs) We gotta (laughs) go. (laughs) <laughs> and they are uh, out of there. That's the the next step. And he, and he says, like, why? And she says something like, the smart sailor, you know, leaves he's, when the storm is gathering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude. Nice recap. What, what a great callback, too. Yeah. It was good. I, I, loved, I, I loved it. And, like, I know you guys don't watch the, like, the, like um, next week on or the rest of the season no. on part. But like, but, like, the coalition of people who are going to team up here – is going to be really fun. Yeah. And I think that's that's cool. honestly what I was hoping for from this episode was to start seeing those battle lines being drawn in a bigger scale, right? So I want to see how Dorne plays into it. I want to see how the strong family and how, um, you know, the Lannisters, they're still involved. Like, everybody's going to take sides. We're going to get to meet all these people. This, the map is getting bigger. Uh, I, I like all that. I think yeah. that like, if I had to guess right now, I don't know what Dorne will do. I think they'll stay kind of separate and it's going to be, they're going to be kind of like your first half of the show or maybe the whole show, White Walkers, kind of like the the threat on the horizon that both sides of the battle lines need to deal mm-hmm. with. But they're so busy fighting with each other that they're allowing them to just grow and become this massive threat to, that, to okay. everyone. I think you're going to get um, the... Lannisters and the Baratheons teaming up with Allison. And I think you're going to get the Valerians and Rhaenyra and, you know, whatever small houses that they can gather up on the other okay. side. And they're going to have, that would make, have that all, would make total sense based on where the original game of Thrones series kind of picked up. And you're going to have most of the dragons on Rhaenyra's side with a few dragons on the other side, obviously, mm-hmm. but look, mm-hmm. they're going to have all the Valerian dragons. Well, they're where's Damon? Which of the... side does Damon take? With his well, that's, I think, I think what's let's, yes. let's also not forget one of the emphasis emphases of this episode was talking about like dragon riders, dragon mm-hmm. eggs. So they're definitely teeing up the notion that the, 
finality of this is going to be a significantly larger amount of dragon riders than there are currently mm-hmm. as we're viewing it, right? They're they're trying to get these kids, you know, they got a kid holding a dragon egg by the fireplace, you know, Not trying to get his yeah, own thing going. It's going to take and, this long. This one's bigger than the other one. Yes, a ton of focus on that. Yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch of information. And then I think eventually, you know, like Eric said, like it's season five, we're going to get some dragon that births this clutch of eggs that's going to eventually be Danny's eggs, right? And then Ooh. and then that'll kind of go from there. So, um, yeah, there's there was a lot of, um, I would say, like it, it came across as like innocuous dragon talk dragon information but i think it's going to come into a a major part of the series because there's going to have to be like a 10 year old kid that's got a small dragon and like mom and dad are fighting over this plot of land you got to come with us you know kind of thing so it's i think it's all gonna eventually catch up uh to when the battle lines are drawn like you guys said okay so you want to hear my predictions for the rest of this oh god Okay. Have you been? What? Well, hold on. Did you get a hold of the script this time? Uh, I saw a version of the script. Not sure. If this okay, was, we'll hear. This was on the call. It was, a draft. It was a draft of it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Damon's gonna swear his uh, allegiance and dragons to Rhaenyra if they have kind of a creepy incest love thing going, which they will. They will. Okay. Which they will. Okay. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, the Valerians are gonna be upset with Damon because they're gonna want answers about their daughter, even though for sure. He, you know, can't really be blamed, but probably will be. But they're going to be on the same side, but it's going to lead to a bunch of infighting. And then the king is going to die. And Alicent is going to find a new lover in Jason Lannister. Oh, nice. Just to secure that. Kind of love it. Kind of love it. Jason Lannister, the wealth of the Lannisters. He's too big of a character and too big of a douchebag not to be. Uh, yeah, he's a, a huge D-bag. It would be perfect. He's going to be with Alicent, and that's going to be another big battle line drop. Eric, that is, I think, the best prognostication you've made for Game of Thrones in a while. I think that tees up the most insane, as you said, like battle lines, because they, they're going to need money. Mm-hmm. And the Lannisters always pay their debts. You know, that's kind of an infamous, you know, part of Game of Thrones. So um, I think that would be awesome for the show. All right, let's go. Horrible, horrible outcome for a lot of people, (laughs) but it's awesome for us in the show. Let's go to our winners of the week. Um, I think that Laris Strong is the winner of the week. He won the episode. he had the biggest jump. He went from, like, creepy weird side guy to, like, future Hand of the King. I mean, power rankings, what a, what a, like... He went like Trevor Lawrence from last season to this season, you know, like in three games, kind of, kind of jump where you're like, wow, did I guess, you know, you might get some quick power. Um, another guy I think had a big episode, Aegon Targaryen. All right, um, we he's he's jerking off out the window and his mom doesn't care, uh, but also he picked on his brother and uh, blamed it on his cousin, and then also he just went from like plus six hundred to be the next king to like plus 200 real quickly <laughs> with uh, yeah. Rhaenyra leaving town. He suddenly is way more likely to be the king. So I think it was a good episode for him. And my last winner of the week is King Viserys, just because he's still alive. And he's still having a good time. He's like, happy yeah, he had a great time. Uh, was the thing at the ever, end that happier. his whole hand, that, that, that was the thing at the end when he like shot out his arm was that his whole hand was missing or like half his oh, arm was missing. No, was that what that was? Arm. Yeah. He had like the thing where they tie the elbow at, yeah okay that's what it was i think the true winners Um, of the week are us as the viewers and i'll tell you why this feels like the game of thrones has started 
uh, it feels like a classic episode where we're jumping locations, we're introducing multiple storylines. I just wanted more than one or two storylines, and we have like four already. Um, really into it. I'm psyched. Yeah, and they've, they've done a good job, I think, of layering in <clears throat> what is fun for the viewers and what's necessary. And I think the the crab feeder was fun for us, but the Rhaenyra and Alicent uh, family feud is necessary. Mm-hmm. And while some, while the the crab feeder drove you know Damon to kind of show what he's about, um, the Alicent and Rhaenyra feud is far more mm-hmm. important and destructive ultimately, you know, to the realm itself. And I and I think that the writers have done a really good job of showcasing. Uh, both of those, so that we know which one is the the one that actually matters. Um, I forgot, guys, totally to bring up the fact that Rhaenyra gave um, maybe a desperation move to offer marrying her oldest son oh, yeah. to Allison's uh, daughter and having them rule together. And Allison, was it was we call it the Jared Goff. Yeah, she was like, "I'm good." I don't think so. I don't think we're gonna do that. The Goff, the Goff of the week. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. That was. That was a very that was the olive branch, and it was turned down. Well, and, and two times this happened because there was the one um, small council meeting where Rhaenyra is sort of needling Alicent, um, you know, asking those like annoyingly rhetorical questions that there's no real good answer to. Um, and then after like the second one, like when she got to the third one, she like ended it and was like, "Oh yeah, you're right, Your Grace." You know, uh, so I think that was a little bit of a foreshadowing of her acquiescing to the queen and just saying like all right i get it i'm i'm here to play let's let's play nice and let's move forward and And allison was like go fuck yourself and the worst thing is is that that was the only answer that would make sure that they both lived like peaceful lives and didn't have to die for sure their kids die it was the only way they could have just lived their days in peace both being mostly happy and they could have stayed friends and family and just avoided a bunch of bloodshed. But Alicent was like, nah, I'm in too much of a position of power. At least she believes mm-hmm. she is. Do you think Alicent has like, is she, is she borderline losing her mind at this point? Like just in terms of, I don't want to say like bipolar, but like just in terms of there's too much shit going, ar- going on around her and she can't quite keep track of it all at this point and that's why you're seeing her yelling at her son for jerking off out the window and like all of and like turning down a pretty reasonable yeah proposal. i think that they're just trying to show her as very stressed out and very aware of the game and everything she does is is you know towards this end and she's not a relaxed person in any way at this point she's well especially like i guess yeah you're right with especially the, with the, the king game with the king you know, essentially on the mm-hmm. brink of death. I mean, it, it, she's got to be living like at any moment he could be, he could right. just die. Yeah. All right, guys, that is all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies podcast. We'll be back with two more episodes this week. We'll talk sports and we'll talk screen. So tune into those episodes until next time. Thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nordies podcast. Mm-hmm.